now tuning into Phantom Rant Radio. On this week of Phantom Rant Radio, we go over Game of Thrones, predictions, and season premiere with special guest star Todd, aka Sir Todd. Tune in to listen. Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to Phantom Rant. Today is a different type of episode. Today we're not talking about Marvel. We're kind of talking about Star Wars, but not for the most part. We're talking about something that we've been wanting to talk about for a very, very, very long time. Game of Thrones. A.K.A. Got. Game of Thrones. I got the boys here with me. Uh, But first, I want to introduce our guest speaker for today's episode. A new one, too. What's up? What's up? We got Todd in the house. Todd is in the house. Can I ask Todd a question? Yeah. Go ahead, Jack. Todd... What Enneagram number are you? Uh, all of them. I'm a nine. Because that tells us a lot about how you will fit in with the Phantom Rant chemistry. Fair enough. I'm a number two. Todd, since you introduced yourself first, who's your favorite character? Um, I'm going to have to say my favorite character is Jon Snow. Jon Snow? Nice. Jon Snow. Me? Yeah, Jack, you. My name is Jack. And I mean, Jon Snow, it's hard to not say that he's your favorite character. So I'm just going to go right into it. I'm going to say he is my favorite character. So that's two for Jon Snow. All right. I guess I'm next. You guys are just (laughs) Game of Thrones sheep because I love what most people don't love. Tyrion Lannister. Or should I say Tyrion Targaryen? But yeah. No. Are you lying right now? No, No, I'm not. I love Tyrion. I have a pop figure of him in my room. They gave it to me. I have two Jon Snow pop figures. (laughs) Two? (laughs) Yeah. Not one, but two. One one season six and one season seven. Oh, and and uh, Devin's here for a little bit. I'll be here just for a small time being. I'm just a cameo in this one. All right. I'll say my favorite characters. So he's a guest. My favorite. Uh, say Littlefinger. Yeah. I was gonna say Aragorn or a Hiccup. <laughs> oh my god. Or Toothless. It's, Toothless is in this, right? Oh, it's like it's like really gritty. Do you guys yeah, follow definitely. fandom on Twitter? Yeah, I do. They posted like the got premiere with no spoilers and they posted a picture of hiccup yeah that was pretty (laughs) oh yeah yeah yeah. clint you want to give us an overview of this episode what's in store for our listeners yes but first i would just like to say my favorite character is jamie Jamie, oh i I love jamie it's either jamie or danny i love Mm -hmm. danny too but danny's been bought it's kind of like off a rocker lately that's true but uh we're gonna go through (laughs) let's go through an uh overview of today's episode first we got top five with our star wars takeover for our top five star wars news because if you haven't noticed star celebration was this weekend and man did they drop a lot oh my gosh then (laughs) then we're gonna be going into excuse my language (laughs) a little bit of a history of the show uh just talking about awards and where it's begun uh, we're going to do a overview of the premiere of season eight and what our thoughts about it and thoughts going forward. And then we're mm-hmm. going to do our predictions for season eight, the all, <sighs> the all outcome and events that might happen to certain characters in mm-hmm. certain places. Love it. Uh, but first let's go with, uh, 
number five on our top five Star Wars news of the week. I'll start it off because this is the one I've been wanting to talk about <laughs> is uh, the Fallen Order backlash. So question in the oh, corner. I, I just have a question from the audience. Wait, is there backlash for this? Yeah, there is Wait, actually what specifically the specifically that EA is the one publishing uh, Fallen Order. There have been numerous accounts of people going on and saying, man, I can't wait to play. I can't wait to spend $60 for this game and then spend another 30 just to play each mission. And it, they, it's been over out uh, outcry from fans hoping they're not going to do the thing that EA does, which is microtransactions, microtransactions, microtransactions. I'm probably one of the few only players who actually constantly <laughs> play Battlefront 2, and I could say it's right, actually a really solid game. I played it this morning. I, I actually <laughs> saw you playing it last night while we were watching the premiere of Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I actually really like the game. Because they took out the entire um, pay-to-win system within the first month, but still didn't help Battlefront 2's case. Not to mention the prequel mode. What's it called? Capital Supremacy. Capital Supremacy. Amazing. Oh, I also want to mention that video game, Jedi Fallen Order. Is that only going to be a campaign? I think it's only going to be a single-player experience, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Ryan. Uh, Thanks for that feedback. You're the one who brought this up to me for number four, so yes. I think you should, uh, you should th- say it. All right, so guys, number four, and it's obviously Star Wars. Mandalorian trailer was not released, but it got leaked through the Star Wars convention a few days ago. And boy, can I say, I'm excited. Jon Favreau is doing a great job. I loved hearing his voice narrating that video. But Was it yeah. like a director's cut? Yeah, it was like thing? a director's cut trailer. And, you know, he some things he said in that was that they'll be introducing new characters, new stories. But it's going to feel familiar because they're using old characters and old um, planets and a timeline we've never seen before. Something he said. I think it's three years after. Five years. Five years after. Sorry, excuse me. So Clone Wars 2 dropped a trailer today. Or Clone Wars dropped their second trailer. I'm sorry. <laughs> Clone Wars 2 dropped their trailer. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? There's a second one? I, I actually haven't seen it yet. And I really haven't seen a lot of the Clone Wars episodes. So I don't know if I'm oh. really the best to share about this. So oh my what do you gosh. guys think about it? Can I talk about it? Yeah, Devin. Yeah, let's talk oh, about it. Okay. You can talk I about love it. Clone Wars. I've seen every episode. Anyway, um, yeah, the second trailer dropped, and it was heavily focused on Ahsoka. Yeah, and, and she has her new, her own clone platoon. Yeah, if you notice yeah. that, Ooh. looks actually with look, those this orange season helmets. Actually, looks really dark. I don't know. It's just a dark it's gonna, vibe. It's gonna show Order sixty six. I oh, know that for yeah. a fact. It has to. Or it would be really cool if they leave it off as like you just see Anakin and Obi Wan preparing for the mission that they're about to save the Chancellor in Ooh, episode three. Battle over Coruscant. That would be dope. That would be dope. Wow, that'd be pretty cool. That's exciting. So yeah, there wasn't that much, and then I think they hinted at Darth Maul being the villain again because Disney's like squeezing as much as they can out of Darth Maul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so much. I hate that, honestly. But, he's back. Like, Solo, Clone Wars, Rebels, now Clone Wars again. My biggest complaint is that Boba Fett is so underutilized, yet he sells the most toys. Is that just me? Like, Disney would make so much money if they just put more Boba Fett. They so. are doing a Mandalorian Todd, TV series. what do you think about the... With no Boba Fett. What do you think about this uh, Darth Maul crisis we're having? I am a fan of Darth Maul, personally. I am all for more of him. So Can't yeah. argue with that. That's true. That's I actually opinion. do like, Although, I do like his character in 
Clone Wars. I agree, but I will also agree that there needs to be more Boba Fett. Yeah, just they're so overusing cool. Darth Maul. Anyways, Jack, you want to hit us with <laughs> number two? Before I get to number two, um, and then we'll let Todd do the honors. Oh, yeah, Todd, one. you should do number one. Oh, okay. That's a good one. <laughs> okay, number two. JJ consulted George Lucas about the Star Wars Episode Nine script and the general direction of the film before developing the script for it. Uh, so that's pretty exciting that he went back to the man who started it all. And I think it just shows respect for him and... You know, if J.J. ended up doing the sequel sequel trilogy, who knows what we would have gotten. But at least he gets to have a little bit of say in this last little bit. You mean uh, good old uh, George Lucas, if he did the sequels? Oh, did I say J.J.? Yeah. Yeah, it's all good, though. We know what you meant. Good I old had a long day. He understood it. <laughs> good <laughs> old Jack's computer. <laughs> good old Georgie with his flannels. <laughs> Number one. The title of episode nine is Rise of Skywalker. Oh, my. Oh, man. And that's what we've been Ooh. waiting for. I just talk about this. Oh, my word. And Todd, I don't, I don't know thoughts? how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel. When I uh, actually, when I first watched the trailer, I, I kind of spaced on that. I don't know why. I was just like so stoked on the actual content of the trailer. Yeah. That when the credit, like when the title came up, I was just already like freaking out, like texting everybody about the trailer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, like, when that was like kind of going around, I was like, is this just like people's theory of what it's going to be called or like where are they getting this? And uh, it's in the trailer. Like that's the title. And I, I don't know what to think yet. It could mean a lot of different things. Uh, I'm excited. If you guys have seen our little five Easter egg thing we post on Instagram, <laughs> you already know what I thought. It's, it could be talking about three different people hmm. or the whole family. Yeah, It's still very broad. Yeah. I don't know. It does. I. You know what I do like about it? It's like more hopeful than I thought it was. Cause Last Jedi sounds like <laughs> like this is the end. Like, <laughs> like this Last Jedi sounds like the title that should be for Episode Nine. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker sounds like the Episode Eight title. The only time we've ever seen the word "rise" in like a trilogy was Dark Knight Rises. Oh, that's true. So yeah, it could be. I don't. But I don't know who they're talking about. I think it's Ben Solo. I think you it think? could be Ray and I think Kylo. it's Anakin. I think Hayden Christians in the back. Think, Come on, Ryan. Really? Well, I'm a prequel fanboy. I think JJ, <laughs> he had so much that he built up for Force Awakens, and he had so much planned. Yeah. And now he's he's really just there to, like, reestablish it all. Yeah. Because, you know, you, he was originally not supposed to come back for Nine. It was supposed to be um, Colin, Colin Trevorrow, who did <laughs> Jurassic World, <laughs> both the first and second. That would be horrible. And, yeah, so... <laughs> Now Lucasfilm begged Abrams to come back because of what happened with Last Jedi. So now, yeah. and the way he's been talking about it is actually pretty cool. He's yeah. actually saying it's come along really well. Yeah. Because he had so much he had to balance with it. Like there were so many things that could have went wrong with it. Yeah. And are we not going to talk about the Emperor's laugh at the end? Ooh, that question mark so much. Oh <laughs> man. Me and Clint just gave the same look to each other like this. Huh? <laughs> I I have a theory that Palpatine's gonna be a uh, Sith Force ghost in this. I think he's been pulling the strings the whole time, and Snoke was just a pawn in his game. That'd be terrible. That'd I think be Snoke would be more than a pawn. Like if we're playing, if we're talking chess, Snoke is definitely like a knight. You think he's a knight? Yeah, he's uh, a little bit. He's a little bit more like developed than a pawn. It was hypothetical. <laughs> I think the it's main, a figure of speech. The main <laughs> Thanks, why they they're bringing him back because they really don't have a big bad anymore. Snoke's dead. It's true. <laughs> Kylo, like, Kylo is not a bad. Uh, he's gonna he's redeem himself pro. in this movie. Full blown redemption is gonna happen in the Kylo. first act. I'm calling it. 
You calling it? Oh, I'm calling there it is, this now. I'm calling it right hey, now. There is that scene where he uses the crossblade and then like hits a guy to the ground, and you can't tell if the stormtroopers are fighting with him or against him. There's just one mm. in the background. So I don't know. you don't know. You it's don't know. Cool he's repairing the. the I helmet. really think the title so cool. like the helmet so cool. is refer. Oh, the the helmet. Oh. I'm so glad that's back. Thank you. I was you. really sad that that was destroyed. He's a lot more intimidating. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think Ryan Johnson went 0 for 20 with the things that JJ uh, set up in The Force Awakens. And now JJ is trying to fix it. He's like, like oh, come back, bring it all back. <laughs> He's undoing everything. He's literally putting the helmet back together that that Ryan Johnson destroyed. Literally. And the fan base, let's not forget about that. There should that. be a scene that where like the lightsaber is like rolled down the island, and there should be a scene of like Ray going to pick it up and like giving it back to Luke. And they should just reshoot that scene, and then Luke is like, "Thank you for this," and put it in yeah. the episode nine. They should do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I totally agree with what you're saying. Whatever our p- predictions are, I think we can all agree that this month has been dominated by Star Wars, and that this truly has been the month that Disney strikes back. It has been amazing. So many exciting things coming in the future of Star Wars, but. There is something else we want to talk about this episode, and that starts with a G. Okay. So, it's time to say bye to Devin. Bye, guys. Bye, Devin. I'm not. I'm Wait, Devin. hang on. Devin, what are you going to go watch? Ultron or Dark World? <laughs> Anything but. Yeah, yeah. Get out of here. Oh. Get out of here. Oh, it takes so much time. He's going to go watch Suicide Squad because he thinks that's better than Game of Thrones. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on this Game of Thrones hype train. Hype train. Oh my gosh! Hype train. I hype would just train. like to, I'd like to start hype us train. off with a little history of the show. If uh, audiences, which probably you know, we've been hyping up Game of Thrones for a little bit now, but if they didn't know, uh, Game of Thrones first started out as a book series made by George R. R. Martin, aka Ger Martin, <laughs> uh, a b- five uh, five books called Fire and Ice. Uh, it's been 23 years since he's made the books and the show has been going on for about nine years now since it can't since premiered on 2011 on HBO. Uh, since then the show has gained 94% on Rotten Tomatoes overall for all seven seasons so far has one golden globe, uh, 10 writers guild American awards, one win for Productors Guild of American awards, two wins for Directors Guild of America, five wins for Art Directors Guild Awards, two wins for Siren Awards, three wins for Satellite Awards, 14 Peabody Awards, 132 Primetime Any nominations, and 38 wins. And I'm pretty sure they hone they hold the title for most wins in a TV show. I right? actually think SNL oh, yeah, holds SNL. the record, but it's just because SNL's been airing since like Forever. nineteen like yeah. late nineteen ninety. Pretty like much nineteen hundred. Pretty much all that just to say that this is a pretty dang good TV show. Mm. Oh yeah. It's loved <laughs> by everyone. Uh I've personally been watching it. Uh I started on season six and then went to seven. So I've been watching the show for a while now. Uh Todd, you've been watching the show longer than any yeah. of us. Yeah, I started uh at the very end of season four is when i decided to check it out and you, then I was, you should tell us like what got you into oh my god it. okay uh so my friends who watch it had already been like hyping it up and yeah. like seeing posts online and, and stuff just get real popular uh the episode 
the mountain and the viper where the mountain does his thing i just there's so many memes about that and everyone was going wild like how crazy that was and i was like okay i have to check this out uh so i had started catching up already by the the next two episodes when that season finished um and then was all the way up to date by the premiere of season five the next year jack ryan what got you guys into the show what drove what drove you guys into i can't remember but we got into it late like we started watching it after season seven had aired yeah you know we watched it last year it was like the like the dole year there nothing had happened for game of thrones they were filming and so i had heard from a lot of my friends like dude you need to check out this show a lot of good friends and one particular jacob buchanan if you're listening bro you got me into this was that the one who really got us started on it yeah like i hung out with jacob once and and he told me dude game of thrones is the best show of all time and Yes, there's some things about it we might discuss later that definitely kind of make it a mature show. But if you can be smart about how you go about the show, then it's easily the best show of all time. And the plot and the story and the characters, they're so highly developed that so amazing. it's it's phenomenal. And so that's what got me into it. And I thought, hey, me and Ryan should check this out. And so we did with our roommate Tyler. And so we literally binged the show from yeah. uh, January to April, and it took a toll on Ryan's grades. My last spring month. semester <laughs> last year was not good. Let's just say that. <laughs> worth it's, it. It's coming back <laughs> for you again. Yes, this. Todd, it was worth it. It's coming back again, too. I'm going to have to drop my supply chain class, but that's besides the point. Game of Thrones is more important. <laughs> but on that, uh, I do want to say that Game of Thrones is rated uh, M.A., so this is a very mature show. So if your ears are not old enough, then I guess now's the time to tune off. But if you're not, then oh well. Let's get start talking. Uh, season Savage. eight premiered last night. Yes, it did. Oh. With a glorious episode. Oh, do you want to say something, Jack? I actually had a question before we got into the the episode. Um, so do you guys think that there were people that were hesitant about the show, like when they was first announced, because this is like groundbreaking. No one had ever really done um, this like movie type drama for a TV series. Like this is the first of its kind. Do you? What do you guys think about that? I do know it started on a really low budget budget when it started, even though it had Sean Bean in it. The books had a strong enough fan base to where it got yeah. it started, and uh, the two guys who wrote for the show and are still writing for it. They've built up like such momentum that it's become like it's ridiculous. It's the biggest TV show ever. Like it, it, you, you can't could, argue with that. You it could is argue the this show. franchise is up there with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like people know what Game of Thrones is. Everyone knows who Star Wars is. Right. Yeah. Well, are we ready to move on to our favorite episodes and then talk about the future of season eight? Ah, well, let's see. My favorite episode. That's pretty. That's pretty hard. One actually, I think it has to be either. The finale for season six or finale for season four. Um, two separate moments, uh, two of my favorite moments. From season four, it's Tyrion uh, killing Tywin. Oof. I think oh, that's, wow. I think because Tywin overall has probably been my, the most likable villain of the show. And Tyrion killing him was just, I don't know, I, I just thought it was very poetic. Uh, even though it was pretty embarrassing because he was on the toilet. But uh, he gave a really good speech. Uh, and I think Tyrion really grew as a character beyond that. And then he starts kind of like shifting. Because we've always liked Tyrion, but he's always been kind of like on you know Lannister style. But I think at, after that point, he's that really opened his eyes in terms of like, wow, they 
people really, really do hate me for no reason at all. Yeah. And he just goes on and obviously has his Avengers with Jorah. Uh, but after that, uh, season six, the finale, when um, John becomes uh, King of the North, when they all, everyone's chanting for him and everything. Yeah. I think that's probably, uh, those are probably my two favorite episodes yeah. out of the whole entire season. Not any of the epic battles, surprisingly enough. Interesting. Dang. Well, all right. I'll go next. <laughs> Obviously, Jack knows my favorite episode, and it is B.O.B. Bob. We could fly like airplanes. Right? <laughs> oh Just kidding. Um, but Battle of the Bastards is easily the best episode for me personally because it's when, in my opinion, like the most um, interesting villain goes down. And... It's just a collaboration of two very strong characters. Obviously, you have Ramsey Bolton, the villain, and then Jon Snow, and they just collide. And the battle's epic. It takes inspiration from Helm's Deep, I believe. And it's like similar because, you know, the Knights of the Vale come in just like Gandalf came in, where they were kind of pinned against the wall. And I loved it. It's just a great episode. And at the very end, you know, that, that scene with Jon and the shield... Oh, chills. And then it ends with Sansa and uh, uh, Ramsey Bolton. Oh my gosh. I love it. That's probably my one of my favorite conflicts Ramsey Bolton and Jon Snow. And that was it. That was season six? That yeah, was right? season six. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Season six was good. Season six was, was good. really good. Real quick, before we go to my favorite episode, I wanted to just say, like, my favorite scene in that episode oh. is. Oh, yeah. When, like, they're getting surrounded by Ramsey's men and like Jon Snow's just in the middle of this yeah he's just like in the middle of this dense like just packed group of his soldiers it's just so crazy and like is um, that the one where he's like trying to he's struggling to breathe it just highlights like how how crazy this battle is how gritty it is yeah and not not to mention um this battle is so realistic like I I read some some article or I, I watched something where the stacks of bodies is actually similar to like civil war battles or like old medieval battles where people would literally just be tackled on each other and just be mounds of people and corpses. There'd be living people at the bottom just suffocating. Yeah. And it's just best battle of Game of Thrones easily. It was good. We'll have yet, we have yet to see because it's season eight, but thus far. Yeah. My actual favorite episode. It's really hard to pick one. But I think I'm gonna say Beyond the Wall. Actually, oh, is my that's a good. That's a good. That episode. is a good one. It is Beyond so good. <clears throat> it's just the culmination of all of these like really cool characters yeah. that you've been following for years and years, um, with like the Hound and Sir Jorah and Jon Snow and just like the whole squad, and um, just the whole culmination of the episode, kind of towards the end when they're just out in the middle of the frozen lake oh. and just like surrounded by. So many dead, but like they're safe for a little yeah. while. But it's just that like oh. trapped feeling that that you have just watching it. And oh gosh, I don't know. It's just it's my favorite episode. And that scene when uh, who I think it was the Hound throws a rock oh, and it like, like bounces and it bounces oh. and like they see that it's not uh, what it's like the water's frozen over. He's <laughs> just like crap. It just <laughs> the camera freezes for a second because it's like. You're kind of getting an idea of how the White Walkers process it. Yeah. Processing yeah. the rock's not breaking through the ice, and it's just his foot then just makes yeah. that move. Yep. And it's like 
oh god, they're all gonna start moving now. And yeah. you just see him like slowly, like from all directions, just start yeah. coming in and, and just it that took sense that of dread. Like a good thirty seconds to process what was going on. That's mm-hmm. like me and my seven thirty classes. <laughs> just like my teacher's lecturing, I'm just like, what? Uh, <laughs> just a just a comparison. That episode also showed that uh, that dragons aren't invincible, yeah. and the yep. Night King took one down, and he yep. takes it one for shot. Himself. Yep, oh. one shot. I have an issue with it with that episode though, because the Night King could have just thrown that spear like fifty feet to his left, taken out Drogon, which is the largest uh, dragon. And he was so much closer than the the dragon he took out in the air. But I think he was also trying to strike fear yeah. and it show was a them power just. Move? It was a power think? move. Power move. Yeah. I think it was a power move. And we don't I even don't know, know his intentions, so it's so hard to say. Like, oh, he could have just done that. Maybe he wants Danny alive. Yeah, I don't know. That's true. But that's Whoa. getting into our game of Thrones season. It's eight true. Okay, so so my favorite episode really goes down to two. But I just had a revelation while I'm sitting here. And I would say my favorite episode is in season five. Season five? See, I, I think I know it. I think I know it. And it is, it is Hard Home. Knew it. Oh, okay. I know it. I love Hard Home. Hard Home is a good one. Yes. And it's it's a good one because it is the it's the very beginning of the war against the, the whites. It's it's the beginning of the Great War. Yeah. When John has this realization that there is something much bigger out there. And this is his first encounter with a white and you know that that is i think my favorite fight scene like fight sequence when he when john's fighting the white inside that little tent area and there's just that moment where the white pushes him off and he falls like at least two stories hits the ground and it just goes silent and it's like that ringing noise ringing yeah and you're like oh my goodness john is about to either one like die or he's gonna somehow muster up some sort of strength to beat this white and he ends up doing it because he's got an awesome sword but i don't know i just that that was a great episode and very memorable to me and not to mention that's when you find out that white walkers are not invincible as well yeah yeah only weaknesses of valerian steel and dragon glass yeah and And fire and dragon fire does that mean the night king is invincible because he has dragon glass in him no, I don't think so. I think all the main White Walkers have dragon glass in them, right? Like all the generals and all that. Like not the Do weights, they? but I don't know. I, that's what I would think, right? I don't know. I, don't know. I, I mean, know. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. Well, clearly, dragon glass does kill the actual White Walker creatures. So mm-hmm. who knows about the the Night King? Last uh, thing on that episode, the very last scene. I knew you were gonna say that. That very last scene oh where like God. he just the- rises them all up is chills like you just yeah you get this sense of like this is there's no way that this is gonna go well yeah invincible supply yeah there's just like that is the ultimate power level and it's just it's silent and he's just moving his arms up and the dead just come to life it's okay oh oh man all right Love well it. we got our favorite episodes out of the way so now it's oh did you want to say something, Ryan? Oh, I was just gonna say another one of my great favorite episodes that we haven't mentioned was um Watchers on the Wall. I think that was was that season four or season three? I forget. That's one where Ingrid, Ingrid dies. Four. Oh, I know what you yeah, four. Four. That's another that great really episode. episode. Good battles too. Oh yeah. That, that was, was a great, great fight scene. Mm. Uh but now it is time to talk about season eight overview. 
So the first ep- for the first episode. So last night we all watched the first episode, season eight together, and oh man, man that all was- I'm gonna say is get Cersei an elephant and you have her heart. <laughs> <laughs> The episode started out very, I thought the episode, like the very beginning of it was really great. Uh, Todd, you mentioned it, that it was very uh, reminiscent of the first episode of Game of Thrones. And it really was John going through the crowd and everything with Danny, uh, Arya laying the girl past, and she's looking at John. It was really, it was really, it's a really happy way to start it. This episode was just such an upbeat episode that it's just like, it makes me want more of this, but I know it's all downhill from here. Like, oh, my. it's it's over. Like Game of Thrones, happy scenes, it's over. Yeah, this is just all set up. Like this yeah. one episode is to reunite all the characters that you knew were inevitably going to get reunited. Right. Introduce some of like the conflict that you you already knew was coming, um, but it's just just there to like get it all lined up, and then from from here out, the next five episodes, I think it's just going to be like the slide to the finish line. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Were you guys surprised? Actually, should we should we go into full-on spoilers now, or yeah. are we going to yeah, wait? Yeah. Yeah, no, this is the, oh. it's a good thing to do. Oh, yeah. Spoilers, spoilers, right spoilers for this episode. All right. Were you guys surprised that they had the John uh, Heritage reveal in this episode? Oh, no, I called it. I called it for this episode. I knew they were going to do it in some way, but I didn't think it was going to be Sam. Who did it? I thought it was going to yeah. be uh, Bran. I'm so happy that it was Sam and not Bran. Oh my god, it was yeah. so happy. <sighs> I'm. I didn't know it would be in the very first episode, but I, I figured they'd do it early, just because yeah. that's not. I don't think that's like the last thing they've got in their bag. Like they're gonna pull out some other big tricks, and I, I think if they tried to keep pushing that back, it would, you know, kind of just be taking from whatever they have coming next. So I think they wanted to get that out of the way early. Totally. Yeah, yeah. and I think. That we can all agree that they're like blowing past the coming conflict that we thought between like um, what's going to happen between Danny and the Northerners and John and the Northerners coming back bending the knee. Like they're just blown past that and they're already going to like you can already tell in the preview for this next episode that um, the Watchers who are coming back are like the Walkers are already here. They'll yeah. be here before the yeah. sun comes up. Which yep. episode three will be the big battle. So they're blowing past conflicts that we thought were going to stretch out maybe a few episodes. One of my favorite scenes, though, in this was when Sam finds out that Danny killed his dad and I brother. I really wanted oh, to touch on that. I did dude. not know. So I didn't think they were going to bring that back. And I love how they did that because that just made John's character struggle with trusting Danny a little bit more believable. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to actually, I was going to ask you guys this question. How do you think John's going to handle? Because I think. How, who, what do you think John's going to bring up first? The fact that he's a Targaryen to Danny, or the way she, the what she did to Sam's dad and brother? And how do you think he's going to handle transferring that information to her and her reaction? I think he'll definitely bring up the Tarleys first. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know that he will bring up his his parentage. I, I think don't it's know that be someone else that does it. Yeah. Yeah. The same way, like he he wouldn't bring up the the fact that he was killed when he went down to meet Danny, yeah. Um, and you saw with like Davos almost like tells them that he gave his life and he like quiets them. Like he's just gonna keep that like real close to himself until somehow else it gets out. Yeah, he's an honorable guy. He doesn't brag. Hmm. I know. I'm 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 just. I think this is uh that showed that maybe Danny isn't really quite the pick 
for being uh for being queen of all rest Westeros from what she's treated uh prisoners of war. And Sam did bring up a really good point of saying like, you know, you gave you you did give up your crown for her people. Would she do Would the she same? Do the same, yeah. Yeah, she he said like in order to save people, you give up your crown. Like in order to to save lives. Yeah. Would she do that? And, and so then they don't even say anything after that. So you I, know John's struggling with that concept. I don't think she will. I don't think she will either. She's so focused on this point of yeah. wanting to be the that's her, her whole thing since season one to being the queen of Westeros. Yeah. And she's built up so much towards it and that I feel like John after the Night King, if everything if they all live somehow, is the final roadblock to getting to that really uncomfortable chair. Yeah, that's what's going to be really interesting. Iron Throne. I think post-confrontation um, with the White Walkers, and if they do end up surviving past this this extremely great war, what that's going to look like when they have to, I don't know, meet up with Cersei. Like, what's the world going to look like after the Whites if it ends up that the living survive, you know? I don't know. That's it's hard to say. Are we are we not going to mention how Jon Snow got a thousand points on Thrones Yeet. fantasy for riding a dragon? Mm. Oh, we should tell our listeners also, about this app. I was we gonna, I was end. gonna, okay. uh, yeah, I will uh, mention we have a throne fantasy. Oh yeah, but we'll mention that at the end of yes. the. Can we the get podcast. the code so that if people want to join, yes, they can join our uh, clan. Should we just do that now, or I'll cut this out. Should we talk about that now or later? What do you guys think? I threw uh, in the the predictions here, like who, oh, who ends up on the Iron Throne, most kills. Mm. Like it'd be kind of fun if we went around and did oh, yeah. our picks for yeah, those. Yeah, we'll do we want to do that now, or do we want to do that when we start? Well, are we done reflecting on the first episode? There's a couple more questions I did want to ask you guys cool. before we go to then we that. Can, then we can move on to that type of stuff. We'll do that before we move on to the rest of the yeah. predictions for season. Sounds good. Okay. Uh one thing I did want to bring up with you guys is the tension between Sansa and Danny. Oh yeah. There is uh that one in particular scene where uh Daenerys and Jon they're walking together through the camp and then uh Danny says, you know, your sister doesn't respect me and I know she doesn't like me and it sounds like she said she was about to do something about it if she uh if she doesn't eventually. So how do you think that's going to go? What do you think, Todd? You go, Todd. Dude. You know, mo- you know the most. What, I don't know, what, man. I would Danny kill John's sister for loyalty and for respect? I don't think at its current level. Yeah, I think what Danny's saying is is depending. Like she knows that this kind of resentment can develop into like really really like intense disloyalty and even like a rebellion and i I think if Mm -hmm. if that were on the table like if it looked like it was going that way i don't think she would hesitate to to take action i don't think Mm -hmm. john would let her and i don't think john would let her yeah do you think they're being uh do you think sansa and danny are being uh too petty and uncooperative with each other uh just because of the roles that they have and who they are i think that conflict i don't I don't know how I feel about it. It's like the little conflict between the Starks. Like Arya and Sansa feel that Jon should still be the king of the North and that he shouldn't have given up that title. But then Jon still feels how he feels about no titles matter. This is the great war. I know. So No titles matter, bro. But he has got the greatest <laughs> title that anyone could ask for. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? sure. <laughs> I did just want to point out that uh, there's a point where like Sansa 
calls John out and says, did you bend the knee to save Northern oh, Lives yeah. or for love? And like, oh he, my gosh. he was shook by that question. Like he, he didn't. He doesn't even answer it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so. What do you guys think? Well, think back to like when he bent the knee, like it was kind of that like intense They're holding moment. hands. Yeah. After he like was basically like saved and, and brought yeah. back from almost certain death being out on the lake. I think it's both, honestly, because yeah. in that scene, you see, he understands just how much of a character that she is and how much she cares. Mm-hmm. And he sees past like the Targaryen and that she actually is a human who cares. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I respect that. He and I think he's also falling in love. That she was Agreed. willing to sacrifice things in order to say, believe him. I think he in saw order that quality sa- in her. And like I always say, same attract. So do you think that with the, uh, that with the, he saw, he sees all these, uh, leadership qualities in Danny. Do you think that, I know this, this is bringing back another, que- the, an old question I just said, but her killing Sam's, you know, family, do you think that really shook John and his, uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Cause the last time you see John, he's, his face is just flat. Like he, he, he looks like he's processing so much. Also, do you think that now John knowing that he is a Targaryen, and that uh, he's related to Danny. How do you think that's going to, you know, affect their romantic relationship? Do you think John's going to start going with it? <laughs> this is the or question of the hour. <laughs> back away slowly. And how is Danny going to react when she she will eventually find out? I think it all will go back to family. And even though John technically is a Targaryen, he was raised a Stark. And so, if anything were to come between the Starks and Daenerys, I don't think he would hesitate to defend and protect his family that he believes is his own right and so i really don't see this relationship ending up and like what um varus said the uh, the spider he was like good things don't last or he he says something like it'll all things end or something nothing really lasts nothing really lasts and so i i really think that this relationship is doomed and and so I, i don't I don't see it happening. I'm going to call it. I feel like this whole John being a Targaryen isn't going to be that big of a deal. I think maybe they'll mention it, but I think John's too consumed with his own family, the the Starks, and this coming conflict that he's just going to put it past him and just be like, because the very first time he hears it from Sam, he says, no, my father would never lie to me like that. That's the first thing he nah, throws. Yeah. yeah. So... I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. And then it could go the other way where he's like, nah, I love Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I do think John is back. I think the fact that now he knows that Danny is now legitimately family, I think he will more or less back away from the romantic perspective of it because I don't think he's, I do not think he's down with that. Oh, no. At all. No. <laughs> no. And I think even... That that is reason en- enough, but I think also he's struggling with the fact that she killed Sam's family. Mm. That's also true. And he's his best friend. She's a hothead. She kind of just she does what she's a whatever pops in her head. Yeah, yeah. She's a scruffy like looking nerf herder. You know, you know what's Ooh. funny about Game of Thrones is <clears throat> is uh, these little decisions come back and hurt people mm. very much. And like, um, Rob, I'm taking this way back to the Red Wedding, but I, I caught this when I was watching season two the other day and Rob, he, uh, he decides to kill, um, I forget who it is, but he's, uh, he's like a commander of, um, car Starks maybe. Yeah. And Karstark, yeah. yeah, car Stark. And, and because he went and like betrayed John mm-hmm. by killing some Lannister boys and he decides to like execute this guy. And that decision 
literally is why he had to end up at the red wedding and it's like because he was looking for more more men in his army exactly went turn to the phrase yeah turn to the phrase and so it's like uh-huh. one decision to kill uh out of like passion and like a heated moment to kill sam's parents could like totally come back to haunt her in this season absolutely yeah. so it's like that's good one more thing before we move on to predictions is at the very end of the show at the end of the episode a good old friend came along good old old jamie oh my gosh good old jamie showed up at the end and stared like looked brand dead in the eye looked him dead in the eye i'm just like oh you know that's (laughs) (laughs) you know that's a reunion i didn't even think about like at the end of season seven, we know he's coming back for Winterfeld without any Lannisters, just himself. It didn't even cross my mind that him and Bran were going to meet up. And the last time he saw, they saw each other, he pushed him out of the window. I don't think we thought about it because Bran has changed so much. He's almost like mm, not yeah. Bran. A different person. He's, yeah, he's the three-eyed different. raven exactly. now. And so he's a totally different person. But I think it's so interesting. Like what you said, how he calls him, he's like, I'm waiting for an old friend. Yep. What does that mean? Like, old friend? <laughs> and when he sees Jamie, he, it looks like he's smiling. He's got like a smirk. Is that just me or does no. he look like yeah. he's smiling? I feel like he's going to thank him. He's going to mess with him. I feel like he's going to thank him because if it wasn't for Jamie, then Bran wouldn't be really where he is now. That's true. He'd still be, trying, true. To, be, still be trying to ride a horse. Bran would probably be dead. I think Bran sees, like, as the three-eyed raven now, he sees that everything has happened to bring everyone to the point that they're at and so like you said i think he'll he'll if anything be thankful for what happened and that that is what led him to become three-eyed raven eventually yeah yeah it's very true uh are there any more uh questions for uh or anything to say about season eight before we get on to predictions um i just wanted to see what you guys thought about the night king's message to the living i thought it was kind of dark Oh, I don't yeah. know. Do you think it was a message? It could. I, it could not I be think, a message because they they all the way back to like the very first episode. They just whenever they like take out a bunch of humans, they just arrange the body parts in like the, these weird like geometric shapes. And for ever since season one, it's like, what is this about? Like, what yeah. is the purpose of them doing this? Is yeah. it a message it or is there a tribal to thing? This? Could it yeah. be a tribal thing? Yeah. yeah. Ceremony. I don't know. That's. I didn't even. I didn't even think about that. It could that. be a message, that but it could also be a ceremony first, for victory. That, yeah. That first episode totally brings it back to that moment. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. All I'm going to say is that this this whole season could just be resolved so much easier and faster with Cersei joining. And the way that that could happen is all John has to do is give her an elephant and then she'll join <laughs> the team. All the memes. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> appreciate uh, appreciate th- your insight. Th- thanks, guys. Does anyone else have uh, anything to say before we go on? Um, no. Good. Well, now we're rolling on to our predictions for season eight. Uh, Jack, do you want to talk about the uh, little uh, fantasy league we got going yeah, on? Yeah, fantasy here? league. Oh. Thanks yeah. to Todd here. He informed me of Thrones Fantasy. Guys, oh, this is yes. an app that you can download, iOS or Android. It is called Thrones Fantasy. You can find it at any online store. Um, but we've got our little league going right now. Um, Ryan's going to have the code for you guys if you want to join. Yeah, you wanted to give a little bit 
Um, sure. More a description of it Actually, than I can give the code. Todd, you should Todd, describe, you describe it. it. Sure. You describe it to me. So, if you are familiar with any sort of fantasy, baseball, football, basketball, basketball, it goes on. Basically, you draft a team of the elite, whatever characters you want to pick. Um, you have like a slot for a king or a queen, a slot for like a commander, um, and kind of down the line there. And, and basically, you pick one person from each category, and then you get points based on what they do in each of like the episodes. So um, if they get a kill at some points, if they get killed at some points, mm-hmm. just a whole bunch of details like they give you a variety of points. Um, and then there's some predictions you make as well as far as like who wins up winds up on the Iron Throne, who gets the most kills, um, kind of things along those lines. So yeah. basically, it's just a fantasy app between c- competing bros. Yeah. <laughs> just bros, just the Game of Thrones community. And yeah. there's, some, there's some hilarious categories. Like John last night got a thousand points, a thousand points for loot because he wrote a dragon. Yeah. That was ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Acquired dragons. Yeah. So Todd's leading our our league by far with because he chose John as his leader. I <laughs> didn't really read all the rules because I did this. Your boy did. I know Todd <laughs> you gotta did. Pay attention, man. They're I, cool. I didn't read the rules because I didn't think you could like sign up or like draft your team after the season started. So I was doing it Here's all like fifteen minutes around. before it went like it aired at six p.m. last night, and so I didn't even look. I just picked my favorite people. Yeah. So I picked Baby Sam for one of my categories. <laughs> and I don't think Baby Sam's going to give me anything except he like, might dude, eat chicken baby, here and there. Baby Sam for the Iron Throne. Baby Sam for the Iron <laughs> Throne, my dude. dude. Hey, at if least you won't get negative points with Baby Sam. <laughs> if it if it makes you feel uh, better. Can you um, get negative points? You can. Yeah. You can. <laughs> if it makes Embarrassing you, death. If it makes you feel better, uh, Jack, I think for one of my um, things, I picked uh, Ghost. And, dude, we haven't even seen Ghost yet. I mean, same thing well, with Baby Sam, but Ghost barely showed up in Season yeah. 7. So yeah. I'm just like, uh Yeah. I would I love for Ghost them. to come back. So if you guys want to download the app and join our league. So the app is called Throne Fantasy. And you can download it on iOS and then uh, Google Play. But our league code for the Fandom Rant Throne <laughs> Fantasy League is... B U C P S Q. I will repeat that. B U C P S Q. All right. So we look forward to having you guys in our league. I would like to point out that I nailed the first blood on the dot. 23 minutes in. 23 minutes? Was 23 it? Minutes in. It, it was, was on the dot. Oh my God. That's yeah. epic, Todd. Hey, man. What can I say? I did 52. I didn't think it was going to be. <laughs> I love. <laughs> I don't think the episode is fifty-two minutes long. It's no, fifty-three, five. Oh. I think. I love. It? it makes so much sense that Theon's <gasps> sister like hit him when he re- when she rescued so him it's because okay. the last time they were together, he jumped off the ship when. Any of you guys pick taken. Theon no. for one of your teams? No, because I can guarantee he's gonna have an embarrassing death. Who? Like, there's no doubt about it. I didn't pick him. No. Who? So that's good. Theon. Theon? I don't think he'll have embarrassing... Theon's having enough embarrassing stuff that's happened to him. Yeah. You think? You get 400 points for an epic death. That's what I want. Yeah, I need an epic Baby death. Sam. Baby Sam. Baby Sam. <laughs> I need an he epic death. just gets death. thrown in the air. Okay, sphere. acquiring loot, 2,000 points for John. That's ridiculous. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is dude. acquiring loot? Was that like... Todd, was Daenerys a part of that? Acquired a dragon, yeah. <laughs> acquired a dragon. Do you Pretty got much like, acquiring a dragon. You have... 
you're leading it like really proud. You've got like 3.2K. So yeah, the stats of and our then, league is um, Todd, team name, a right proper lad with 3.2 thousand points. And then me and Clint are kind of sharing an account. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he logged in on my Facebook. And we're the Clegane Bull. Clegane Bull. At 1.2 thousand. And then Jack, warden of your mom, <laughs> at 1,000 points. <laughs> I... Just didn't think about it at all. It's okay, Jack. <laughs> don't, don't, it's, it's only okay. the first. Don't episode. beat yourself up. It's only the first episode. So I think it, you should have a ch- stand a, a good chance given your picks. You yeah, do? yeah. Okay. Um, I think you do, Jack. But it's okay. but besides that, we will be rolling into season eight predictions. Yes, so love it. First things first that I want to talk about is who do you think will get the Iron Throne? Oh, oh my gosh. Which is obviously the biggest one. Can we have a conversation rather than pick? Okay, yeah. Uh, I would just want to say that my pick for the Iron Throne is Night King. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> to be honestly, definitely Night King. To be honest, I didn't agree with Clint at first, but the more I thought about it, it just makes total sense. Like even the writers, they literally said, there's like an article where they said when the season finale premieres, they want to be drunk and off the internet. So if that's what? any indication as to how upset the fans will be, I think I might have just pulled Wait, season things. one premieres? Or no, season season eight. Oh, did I say season I don't, one? Sorry. Season eight. I don't think that many people will be disappointed if it's the Night King. Dude. Yeah, we got Clint over here. Yeah. Clint, very, Clint will be stoked. I will be very stoked. <laughs> I'm just really happy. <laughs> we we should just we know it's Game of Thrones. You can predict all you want, but I feel like none of us will get it. And I think it's gonna be so out of so wild what happens. Maybe no one even takes a throne. Maybe Westeros is just in ashes after everything. Yeah. Jack, what do you think? I, I really think the Night King dies or 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 the White Walkers are stopped if they truly if they're in this is all based off in their if their intention is to destroy everyone. Yeah. Because we really don't even know what their intentions are yet. But I'm just saying if their intentions are what we think, they want to destroy everyone, turn everyone into the army of the dead and rule the long winter, then then I think I don't think it ends like that. I think either Beric kills the Night King or John kills the Night King. I yeah. think it's as simple as that. They've been setting it up. They both mm. have come back to life. Mm. Beric six times come back to life for a very specific purpose. That's true, Jack. Religion is such an important part of Game of Thrones. Mm. Lord of Light, seven. You know, you have all these different um aspects of religion within the Game of Thrones universe. Yeah. And so I think that's got to be up at play here. And so I don't I don't know if I see the Night King coming out on top, but yeah. Then again, I could see it happening. And one more thing to support that claim is in season 2, season 2 when Danny um her little baby dragons are taken, she goes into that tower and she has a vision of the Iron Throne and it's like snowing inside. Yeah. And it, the throne room is kind of battle-worn. I, we we still don't know if that's prediction or just like an indication that winter's come. Don't know. So much yet to be told. What do you think, Todd? I'm gonna go bold. I'm gonna say Jamie Lannister. Oh my Ooh. gosh! Yeah, tell us this theory. I love this it. This is this is my my uh, tinfoil hat theory. Tinfoil hat theory. Bring him out. I'm gonna say that. The Northerners and Danny's armies will defeat the Night King marginally, just just barely. Like they'll finally scratch out on top. A lot of main characters will die. 
small handful left. I think one of either John or Danny will die in that battle. Totally. One will survive. And then what we can gather from Cersei's intentions is when that battle is over, she's going to swoop in with the Golden Company and try to take out the rest. Yeah. And so I think at that point, they're going to be overwhelmed. A lot more are going to die. Um, whichever of John and Danny survived the battle with the White Walkers will be killed by Cersei and her army. And basically seeing no other way out of the conflict, Jamie will kill Cersei and not be like the triumphant king, but just the only one left. The and only go back to the Red Keep in Ashes from Danny's vision. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. I love that, Todd. I love that. I love that theory. Oh. Whoa. So many so many things can happen. Okay. Uh, you just mentioned the Golden Company, and I looked them up real quick. You guys want to know? Jorah Mormont was a former member of the Golden Company. Did Didn't, not know that. Did not know that either. The Lord of Friendzone himself. Lord of Friendzone. <laughs> uh, Ryan, who do you think uh, will take the Iron Throne? <sighs> okay, who do I want to see take the Iron Throne? Obviously, John. Do I think he'll take it? No. Even if given the opportunity, probably not. Who do I think will end up? I'm going to say no one. No one? That's I don't good. think anyone will. I, like I think that. this is going to end so unpredictably horrifying that we, we, we can't even guess it. Like you, you can make all these predictions like Danny, she's destined to be on it. Jon Snow, he's the real claim. Hi, Devin. Devin popped open her LaCroix. You're welcome, audience. <laughs> but yeah, I... From what I've seen from Game of Thrones, you can't predict the finales. Mm. It, they're so unpredictable. And that's what I love about this show. And I'm just going to be bold and say, there's going to be no one on that throne. That throne's going to be empty. It's going to be cold. I, there's going to be no um, butt marks on that seat. That's all I'm going to say. I do want to say that the only way the writers could possibly make me mad at the end of the show is that if Cersei stays on the Iron Throne. Oh, yeah. That's the only yeah. way I'd be pissed. It just, she, but I don't think she, I, I could see it happening though. I could. I could. Oh, I really could. And I will be after, really mad. After DBY saying, we're going to be drunk and off the internet when it airs. I really hope she is. I really hope she doesn't get the Iron It could be any. I would rather anyone else in that chair besides I, I, Hot Pie. Hot Pie should take it. Hot, hot Pie for the win. Or Pod. Pie. Get Pod the Iron Throne. Oh, I could get behind that. Yeah. I mean, Let's go. <laughs> Pod has somehow lived and escaped so many deaths and just so many horrendous things. And I don't I don't understand how he's still alive, but he is. Pod Podrick. I love Podrick. him. For Podrick just throwing out people. I will say Gendry Baratheon is also could could take the throne. I could see yeah. that. Yeah, I've yeah, actually yeah. read a couple of theories about that. I yeah. I like that theory a lot. I mean, I think we're all looking past the true heir to the throne. Tormen. Tormen. He's going to take it. I can get behind it, man. Tormen? <laughs> nah, I don't see it, bro. Tormen, really. I can get behind it. <laughs> I see it. Um, I don't see John at all. Yeah. I think it's too obvious. Not, at the yeah, end of the day. Either. I don't know if I see John dying. Either. I don't really? know. I don't know. It's, they've, been, they've stuck behind John so much, but... He's already died once. Like, we've already seen it happen. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, they did hint, like, uh, right before Battle of the Bastards, he's talking to the, the what's her name, the Red Witch? Or yeah, the, the, yeah, not the Red Witch, the, the, Red, Priest, the Red Priestess. Red Priestess, and he asked, Alessandra. why was I brought back? And she's like, maybe you were just brought back to be this one small pawn in the Lord of Light just to die again. 
Maybe she was talking about Battle of Bastards, or maybe she's talking about something else. It was not Battle of Bastards. Battle of Winterfell. That's going to be the third the Battle episode. Battle of Winterfell. Also, uh, one thing I do know for sure is that um, Emily Clark uh, said that she was unsatisfied the way her character arc was finished Ooh, in Game I of Thrones. I did read that as well. So uh, that's that's might be saying something. The only hints we have are what the actors give us. Yeah, that's true. John, uh, not uh, Kurt Harrington said uh, he didn't really give anything away. He was just saying it was really weird, kind of taking off like Kurt it was Harrington. like a like taking off like a, a part of himself when he when he was stopping Jon Snow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I think the most satisfying ending to Danny would be like she ends up queen, but somehow breaks like the wheel when she said that when she was like naming Tyrion hand of the king and queen. It's like I'm going to break the wheel. So she ended up queen. She maybe divides all the seven kingdoms into their own realms. Like I see that being the most satisfying ending in the way that they've been hinting towards. Yeah. But I don't see that I don't see that as the ending, you know. Yeah. So I can see if she'd be disappointed that way. All right. I do want to talk about uh other predictions also in the show that i just want to bring up uh two of mine uh we already talked about two in this episode so we don't have to go over them uh one of them i just want to mention really quickly is a really small prediction of mine that i really hope happens is uh clegane bowl oh, absolutely. is uh <laughs> gotta happen the hound in the mountain go at it for it's, one round it's gonna happen. battle it's gonna happen actually i think that uh the thing that i've been saying a lot is that the hound and brianna tarth team up to take down the mountain I really want to see that happen. I very wow. much want to see that happen. Yeah. And one of the, maybe one of them, maybe they all end up dying. Maybe only one of them ends up dying. Maybe two of them. I don't know. I just really want to see that happen. Uh, also, one other thing is the Azor High theory. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. We need to mention that. Will it come into play or is it going to be completely ro- uh, written off this season? Do you guys want to explain that to the listeners if they don't know exactly what that is first? Uh, yeah. Uh, basically, the Azor High is the guy who beat the White Walkers the first time around, and he is the he is the champion of the Lord of Light. So he defended off the Walkers and beat them all and sent them back to where they were all the way up north. And uh, I think he created the wall or something like that. But he had to go through he it's there's a bunch of qualifications for it. You need to have uh Blood of the Dragon, which most likely you need to be somewhat Targaryen, or it could uh, it could mean something else. Uh you have to be born under the Red Star. If anyone's familiar, the Red Star showed up for the first three seasons of Game of Thrones. I do remember that. And born can also mean reborn under the Red Star. Right. And uh, you need to kill uh, your loved one in order to get have uh, use right. the blade Lightbringer. I'm pretty sure in order to end the night. I think the most common um, person who we think would be this is John because he's brought back to life for, um, to first for another cause. So I don't know, but I mean he wasn't born again until season. Five. Well, you could say that he was reborn in the Night's Watch in season one, and that's when the Red Star showed up. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm saying that reborn can also be like, you know, under a new religion, 
a new title like it could mean like a whole bunch of other it could mean like a whole bunch of things yeah. true uh if you're familiar um stance baratheon used to think uh he was azor Ahai for the longest time it's true and uh, melisandre thought he was too until you know he ended up dying in season five or is it, yeah season five although we don't even know if he's dead there are some theories out there that we don't know because we just hear brianna tart saying she killed him she totally he's did. dead. You think yeah, he's, he's dead? He's, he's gone. Dead. He's dead. All right. He's gone. <laughs> yeah. But I would like to know your guys' uh, two cents on this on this topic. I mean, I'm just going to go out there and say, I think this could be John. Like, it seems the most obvious way to go about it. Game of Thrones is not obvious, but John checks off so many different things. Mm. And he was so brutally killed and came back to life in such a mystical way that it would be so um it would just be such great payoff if he was the one who ended up killing the night king so i don't know i'm going with john yeah but what do you guys think yeah i think if they stick with the that theory i think john is the most likely candidate i think beric dondarian could also be a a, a viable candidate yeah. Oh, um, yeah totally those are the the biggest two that i yeah. can think of <laughs> does azora high have to be a male was no, that, it doesn't. I don't think it. Do you think it could be Danny? Could be Danny. That's already also killed, already killed Drogo. She already killed Drogo. Oh, oh my gosh, that's true. She smothered him. She yeah, and she was reborn because Under. she became the leader uh, of. Uh, she became Khaleesi. Shame Khaleesi. Or, I guess she changed from Khaleesi to trying to take the Iron yeah. Throne. Oh, Jamie could be Azor High too. Because he loves uh, Cersei. He loves Cersei. And that would complete two prophecies. That would complete two prophecies. He loves Cersei. And he was also... Uh, you can you can also say that he was... Uh, during um, Spoils of War... Or not Spoils of War, but by the end of season um, six. six, when he leaves Cersei, that's when he, he uh, is reborn. Mm. Possible. Or when... Oh, no, no, no. I think when, when they consider Jamie being reborn is when his uh, right hand got cut off. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, then, see, yeah. yeah. Well, he's like a whole different person at that yeah. point. Like his identity was in being the best swordsman. Yeah. And so now he has to because he's not right-handed. I got a question. Since we're still ro- rolling, at what point? I was trying to think about this. When did we start liking Jamie? Because I know there's a definite point in the beginning you hate him. He's annoying. And then right now you love him. When it's was pretty early. that change? It's early because I have a friend who's just watching it for the first time. Yeah. And. It's like as early as season two that uh, you start to have some of those interactions between Jamie and Brian after he gets his hand chopped off. Right. And like already you like the way he's interacting with yeah. her. You like yeah. the way kind of some of the turns that he's having. I think the I think when, it's when you see him just get so humiliated by Rob's like, army and I he's th- just like, I think he's a prisoner of war. I think it's when uh, Jamie and uh, Brian share that bath together and he's just confessing like, you know, oh, yeah. you think I really did like like killing my king? And he's just explained like all the humiliation that he's had to go through. Like he was gonna kill everyone, and I had to kill him. But everyone says I'm unloyal, and because that was my oath to protect him. But was I gonna let all of these people die? Yeah. But yeah. and then it's just the, it's. I think that's when I really liked Jamie because he was so. At that point, man, he's just like extreme depth to this character too. Yeah, and I, I, what, one thing I like about it too is that he kind of goes back and forth. Like, you initially hate him, and then you kind of like start to get these vibes that he is human and he's he's really a good man at heart. But then he does yeah. some really weird stuff, like kind of in like seasons three, four, and, and 
he just kind of like rides that line and then finally i think yeah. it's finally when like cersei kills well doesn't kill tommen but when tommen kills oh. himself yeah and cersei's oh like it, kind of behind it behind the events that led up to it i think that's when you start to really like him again because that's when he leaves her and yeah everything yeah. jamie's ever done is for people he loves yeah flat Ooh. out he's never done anything selfish it's always for people he loves for his family and so it's like that's good some, it's made him do oh my pretty gosh. messed up crap, but things I do for love. Very true. He literally says it in the first episode. Yeah, yeah that's what I love about Game of Thrones. It's like the guy who you hated because he killed. Like remember that scene where he like stabs um, one of Ned's like right hands through the like through the eye oh, with his sword. Oh. I hate him. Like, like, dude, this guy's so annoying. And now here we are. We're like, we don't want him to die, but. My theory is actually, I have a completely one, well, it probably won't happen, but I stood behind this theory for a while. Uh, the only reason why I wouldn't say John is because you have to kill your loved one in order to get the sword, and I think John's loved one has already been dead for a very long time, which is Egret. Uh, Danny's definitely not replacement for Egret. Mm. No. Yeah, so I think that's how John won't be able to be, you know, do the prophecy but for a really long time, and I still think a little bit that I think uh, Jorah Mormont will be a Jorah Mormont. I think Jorah, I like that. I think Jorah Mormont is a so really Jorah. big character for in order to become uh, Zora High. <laughs> you think you'd have to kill Danny? Yeah, that's what I think. He's gonna <gasps> in order to obtain the blood of the dragon, the Lord he of... needs to kill Daenerys, and that's the one person he loves most in the entire world. Lord of Friends Zone. The Lord of Zen- I like Friends that. Zone strikes I like that back. Theory. I really do like that theory a lot. Also, if you look at it, he was also reborn. He was originally supposed to assassinate Danny, but then he starts believing in her and eventually joins sides with her. And notice this all happened under the Red Star. Mm-hmm. So that's good. That's what I, I love that theory. That's- one last thing you can argue about John and his loved one and killing his loved one is that this first episode, they're really trying to show you how much he cares about Danny. They're really trying to show that their relationship has exponentially grown over the course of their trip. Yeah, they just want to hang out in case. They just want to hang out in case. Like, they literally said we could just live here forever. So that's indicating that they really feel strongly for each other. So he does love her. So there is, he could, you know, and, you know, I don't know. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Is love romantic love or is it just that? general feeling of love of love because john does have two sisters he it could be is very passionate and cares I very think, greatly about i think what it or sam i think what it meant for the prophecy is that azor high had to kill his wife in order to in order to get lightbringer uh, so i think it has to be uh i think it's more towards someone like an actual loved one okay so that's why i said um I don't think it's going to be John because Egret's been dead for a very long time. And I don't think Danny's a replacement for that. Because, uh, you know, if you notice something, I noticed this when Danny said we could live in these caves for thousands of years. Egret said the same thing in a Kiss of Fire. Where he said that we should, like, we can just stay in this cave and no one will ever know. That is true. That's very true. So, I don't know. I think that reminded John of Egret a little bit. And I don't think John will ever run away of Egret being his first love. Clearly. His only love. Yeah. Dang. I got a theory for you guys. Crypts of Winterfell theory. I've heard a couple things that maybe there are dragons in the Crypts of Winterfell. 
or an, another sort of creature or just magic in the crypts of Winterfell, which is why Winterfell is such a heavy in, uh, centerpiece in this final season. I think there could be anything to that. Ned Stark comes back to life. I don't know. I, I did have this one thing where I think if there was magic in Winterfell, I thought it would be like Ned, like the ghost of Ned visiting Jon. But then I don't think that's going to happen, though. I don't think they would do that. I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I just think Winterfell is just focused because it's just one big central focus point of like, this is the capital of the North. Yeah. yeah. So this is why we need to take over it. But it does have that uh, the weird face tree. I noticed that for the old gods. That could also be another thing, too. Yeah, that could. The Weirwoods. The yeah. Weirwoods. If they could have something to do with the White Walkers in general. That yeah. is true because yeah. they were, weren't they born under the, the tree too from the Children of the Forest? Yeah. Winterfell could be the thing they're after. Who knows? It could be Winterfell. Wow. Could be. That's true. I just feel like there's something to the crypts because like in all the teasers, there's just, they're down there and then the, the snow comes, the fog yeah. comes in. I, I think it'd be so cool if there was something in the crypts that the White Walkers wanted. And Ooh. that's what they were after. I don't know. That'd be crazy. Todd said that they're like the tree where the Night King was born and I mean like got dragon glass stuck in him. You see that a few a lot like a while ago. Yeah. It's like season three or something. Um but is that in between the wall and Winterfell or Winterfell and I think it's further south. Further I think south. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. So that's that's an interesting theory. Todd said that maybe the Night King is just trying to get to that point mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. What do you guys think the White Walkers want? But that's the thing. We need to talk about this. This is a good, 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 good thing to end this discussion on. Is like, what does the Night King want? I just think he wants. I I actually don't know what he specifically wants. All I know is that I think. Well, they were originally made to defeat man, so I think what they want to do is annihilate them and then take over Westeros. But then again, that does kind of like not work in the same sense because the children of the forest did make them and the Night King ended up killing the last of the children of the forest when they raided the uh Three-Eyed Raven's hideout too. So I I don't even know what they want. I think I think they just want to take all over Westeros, but that could expand to the entire world. Yeah. What do you guys think? I think it it has something to do with their creation. I think you're right. Yeah. I think, um, and I don't know what, because like surely it's not just like death rest because they can be killed other ways. Mm-hmm. So like surely there's some some something they need to achieve at the place they are created, um, or maybe it's even just war with like the children of the forest if they're still like there, yeah, wherever they created them. Like I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's definitely something greater than taking over all of Westeros, right? Yeah. I wonder if it's something where the Night King wants to return to being a human. You think that's possible? Ooh, Ooh that's a good wow. theory. That's a good theory. That is good because that, is that a would good theory. That would kind of give them reason to come down there rather than just being yeah. ended. Yeah. I don't what, know. What if the Night King ends up on the throne as a human? Oh. Ooh. That's a cool theory. That's cool. And he is the true heir to the throne and becomes the perfect king. Do we know who he was? I think he was a Stark. He's I think Stark. it's like some people say he's a Stark. He was a Stark. He was a Stark. Yeah, that's one of the big theory, right? That yeah. he was a Stark. Yeah, I've heard that. We too. don't know though. We don't know. Oh, Let me look it up real quick. You want to look it up, Jack? Because I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. I gotta leave in like five minutes, but this has been fun, guys. I know it's been a good talk. 
uh, I don't know. There's just been so many weird things with the White Walkers. There's some things in the book that they don't that they lightly touch in the show. Like the have you guys ever heard of that? While well, Jack's looking this up, have you guys ever heard that thing about the um the ter- the thirteenth uh Lord Commander of the Night's Watch? He like fell in love with the White Walker and started making like all of these like uh sacrifices to the White Walkers like uh and everything like this. Mm-mm. It's a pretty interesting huh. theory. It's in the it's in the books. I got really bored one night. And I was just looking up like a Game of Thrones thing, and uh you know obviously John was like. What was he the nine hundred the uh ninety ninth or ninety eighth Lord Commander of the Night's Watch? I'm like, oh, thirteenth, the the Mad Commander, or something like that. The the king, he was the first king beyond the wall, and so I guess he was just the guy who would sacrifice people to uh this to his the woman he was in love with, which was happened to be a White Walker, and it kind of correlates to that guy in the cabin who had uh Gilly's uh dad, oof. Kind of like that. Oh my gosh. Not really. Uh, Crastus. Keep. Keep. Are uh, all the whitey... Well, okay. There's also a theory that white walkers can only... Like the... Okay. Let me let me go back. So that the father who kept giving his sons off to the white walkers, there's a theory that they had um, stark blood and that's the only way they could be turned. Is that true? Have you guys heard that? Where like... I forget that guy's name. Gilly's dad... Or Crestor. Yeah, that he was actually had Stark blood in him. Ooh. I don't know. I, I don't know. Do you know that Night King was turning? Because I know he wasn't turning him in the, the babies and the weights. He was just turning him into White Walkers. They were becoming White Walkers. They were specifically becoming White Walkers. So he wasn't killing the babies. He was just turning them, which is really weird, but really cool at the yeah. same time. Do you think that they will explore how people become White Walkers? Like what? white walkers lore what they want i think um, stuff like that if anything they will definitely get to what their purpose is yeah because that's the best part of an antagonist you have to know what they want Mm -hmm. and at this point even if like even if you do know some of the lore behind everything it's still confusing as to what the night king wants Mm -hmm. and it seems that he's the main villain Mm -hmm. so and global global dominion is just such a played out yeah like goal for a super villain that that's just game of thrones is just better than that you know yeah Exactly. Yeah. Game of Thrones is just every antagonist has their own goal who mm-hmm. like wanted domination. Like Cersei has her goals. Ramsey Bolton had his goal. And it wasn't world domination over Westeros. Yeah. So So interesting. We'll have so much more to break down in the coming weeks. So much. Oh yeah. Gosh. A lot more. Uh but it's been a really great discussion, guys. Oh yeah. Uh, thank you, Todd, for yeah. coming in as a uh, guest listener. Yeah. yeah. We'll uh, happily have you on again for the wrap of season eight, obviously. That I sure. won't be oh, yeah, I won't be here for the finale because oh. I'll be in Thailand. <sighs> ironic. Uh, very <laughs> ironic. How's that ironic? You know what irony is, Jack? They're taking you tonight for your meeting, so that's why I have to leave early. Oh yeah. They're also taking you at the end of Game of Thrones, so you have to leave early. Everyone wants me. That's irony right there. I don't All know. Right. <laughs> All right. All right. Just a little bit of context. Anyways, great episode, guys. Uh, just, uh, if you guys aren't, if you guys don't know, next episode will be Endgame Predictions. Yes. So get ready for that. That'll be out uh, sometime next week, right around where good old Endgame comes around. Oh, my goodness. April's a big month. Yeah. We got all the Star Wars drop, got started. Marvel's ending. Marvel's ending. Oh, and I watched the post-credit scene of 
Endgame today. No, he didn't. I'm just kidding. He tried. He I tried. tried. He tried. But I'm scared. Like there was an I, attempt. I, like it was, I thought it was real, and it scared Todd just how willing I was to watch it, even though I thought it was. There real. was like not even like a an inner debate about it. I walked in, and you're like, oh, dude, there's an in-game in scene like leaked, and literally like three <laughs> seconds, you're like, I gotta watch it, and like already hitting play. <laughs> Dude, you're crazy. It was just a fan thing about Galactus. You didn't know that, though. I didn't. <laughs> that could be very uh, real going into this I Fox just, merger. Dude, like, I'm scared. Of my, I'm going to get something spoiled for myself. I already know it. You will. And you better not spoil it for the rest of us. I won't. I we, promise. That's classic Ryan. Waited too damn Whoa. long, Ryan. Guys, you always pin me. You see, my movie taste is bad, too. Well, it's just because you kept mentioning Aquaman. Lone, Lone Gunman. How did you see Aquaman? I still haven't seen Aquaman. Nothing special. (laughs) Okay. Do you guys think Captain Marvel is better than Aquaman? No, I think Aquaman's better. Lone Gunman has Captain Marvel rated higher than Aquaman. And Shazam is better than both. So there there is a Lone Gunman bias against the DCU. Oh, my God. All right. (laughs) You guys have gone to that point where you have... Our R.I.D.C.U. Guess, God. Guess who brought R. that attention? Guess who brought that to my attention? Moses. Rose. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> Why are you like a, a, a fearless warrior for? I'm a fearless <laughs> warrior for Peter. D.C. You're you're the puppet. <laughs> I'm a puppet. No strings upon. Oh well, Ryan has strings no upon. Strings him. on there me. There are strings on me. Hey, fun fact. You know, in Ultron, when they had they play the Pinocchio song of "Strings on Me." Yeah. They were able to do that because they recently. Were just bought by Disney. Marvel just merged with Disney. Oh, they, fun fact! They threw that in there for for uh for Ultron. Nice, oh, that's nice. But anyways, uh, great episode, guys. Uh, stay tuned, and uh, as always, send feedback. Devin's not here, so I have to say please, <laughs> <laughs> please. <laughs>
kind of like some shade <laughs> no no it's odd that was shade towards ryan because because i know ryan here um, yeah i'm i'm the unvacator but 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 ryan believes he's he has a valiant cause because he's a he's a, a comic reader no but he's no. not really a comic reader I think, okay yeah yeah i'm not whatever. either really like really Brie Larson I, I just like, annoys me. The actress. I, I agree. But I, yeah. I also have another reason because she reminds me of my ex. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Is this going in the episode? <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. It's so <laughs> going in. Todd no. no. Todd, yeah. I didn't mean I no shade towards Todd. you. <laughs> I just wanted Todd to know That's the true reason. Yeah. It's sad. Like, you'll never see Captain Marvel the same. Even if she becomes, like, the most likable character and everyone likes her. <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe you just said that everyone what's, no what's happen. even worse is that finding out that she uh filmed all her scenes before she did captain marvel and if we didn't like her character in captain marvel <laughs> which was already more developed just imagine how that's going to come off of in endgame because she doesn't know because in her and brie larson's mind she thinks she's the most op person in the mcu <laughs> okay. so far Here's she doesn't thing. even know what happened in Captain Marvel. Two Marvel's. things to defend her character in Endgame. Number one, Ruza Brothers. They introduced Black Panther and um, Spider-Man in the MCU in Civil War. That was their first film in a team-up, and we love them. And this was Brie Larson's first appearance. Like She filmed this before her own movie. So First appearances go pretty well. For yeah, MCU, yeah. Black Panther. So I have faith. Quicksilver. Spidey. I have faith. Quicksilver's my favorite. <laughs> and the thing is, I think... I don't know. I think it was just her... It might have just been the script also in Captain Marvel. Yeah. But... I don't know. Like, I think it I was think it would, not just the script. I just... I couldn't buy her. Uh, for some reason... And it's not just because like it's like Brie Larson. She's obviously proven herself a really good actress. So that's why it really caught me off guard that... I don't know. She just. I loved her character in the beginning because she was like sassy and like kind of mean. I just wish there was more to the Kree world. Just kind of wish they didn't. It just felt like that was the only squadron on Kree. Yeah, (laughs) but guys, we are all in little prisons all around the world. But we are the minority. A lot of people do love Captain Marvel. Like pretty much everyone I know loves Captain Marvel. There's a lot of people I know that don't like Captain Marvel. Really? Yeah. Yeah, There's actually a a ton of people that don't. The only people I know who don't. I liked it. Yeah, or thought, people or do. thought it was Ant. Like, you, nobody loves this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, didn't yeah. I liked it. Yeah, it. it's enjoyable. Is this the top half or bottom half of the MCU movie? I would say bottom half. Honestly, hey, I, hey Devin. I'm i not just, just trying to trash this film just to trash it. I'm like, Ryan. Do you think but, this is better than Aquaman? <laughs> I, I think Thor 2 is better. No, hey, the no, only and, reason and, oh no, I'm goodness. actually being serious because I've actually... What? Oh my what? You do not... Okay. No, I re- I rewatched no, Dark I, World I recently, and I'm like, I was going in the mindset like, okay, Captain Marvel's better. That there's like, but then I rewatched Dark World. I'm like, this isn't as bad as we remember it. It's just when you compare it to the MCU, it's like it's trash. Are you but saying like, Captain Marvel is the worst Marvel movie? Then, honestly, it's just one where I was like so uninterested when I walked out of the theater. Question Even for you. Do you think Captain Marvel is better than Aquaman? No. Lone Gumner Review says otherwise. Go check oh it out. Gosh, okay. Ryan. okay, Moses Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Moses Brothers told me that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've been dying You're to say a Zora that. High and, and Marvel <laughs> is the Nike. <laughs>